listeners, we're Allison. And I'm Karen. And we love growing CPG brands. We're the founders of a digital and social media marketing agency, Umai Marketing, and creators of the Consumer Goods Growth Course, where we've helped grow dozens of brands to six and seven figures. We're former in-house marketers turned consumer goods marketing educators who've set off on a mission to provide CPG founders and marketers with actionable strategies that drive community and sales. We're talking real results. If you're wanting to learn simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies needed to drive real brand growth without breaking the bank or sacrificing your social life, then this is the podcast for you. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Umai Social Circle, where we talk consumer goods tips to help business owners and marketers grow. We're Allison and Karen, co-founders of Umai Marketing, and we're being joined by Megan Martin and Sam Laubach, our new strategy director and creative director leading our branding and packaging efforts here at Umai. How are y'all? Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back. This is our second episode as part of a little series to dive into Sam and Megan. Um, if you guys are interested in hearing on how they got started, the brands that they've worked with in the past, um, how they started their own agency, you can listen to the episode before, episode number 48. Uh, definitely recommend giving it a listen. But for today, we have a few questions that we want to ask y'all and kind of wrap up this little series. So one that we really like to ask people in all different facets of CPG, but specifically for branding and packaging reasons, what are your favorite brands currently on the shelf, either in-person shelf or online shelf and why? I think my all-time favorite I mean, all the brands that I really like, I love all of their products along with their brand. I think that's usually a big, like, I need to like both the product and the brand itself. But, um, and I think all of them are like trendsetters in a way. I think that's usually the ones that I usually gravitate towards. Um, I'd say Bagu is definitely number one all-time fave. They can do no wrong. Like take all my money. Every collaboration, I'm like all-time fave. Um, but I also really like Tower 28 is a new one that I'm really liking lately. And then uh, Graza, I always love, Amika, um, Gia, and there's another one. Oh, Piecework Puzzles. That's another one that I really like. All of them, I really like. They're fun, a lot of colors, not afraid to be who they are. Piecework Puzzles. Is it mm-hmm. like an actual puzzle Yep. company? Oh, yeah. And they do like a playlist for every puzzle they do. It's so good. It's so good. Love a good puzzle. Yeah. So wait, why can Bagu do no wrong? I feel like ever since they launched, they are so clear on who they are. And it's like every social post, every email, every even like new product, like every collaboration. It's like so on brand for them. They are so... um just clear on who they are. And I think that I really like that. And I really admire that because it's like they're current without being trendy. They don't waver who they are at all just because like a new trend comes up. They'll like hop, you know, it's like social or something like that. They'll hop on it, but it's like, they don't change who they are. They're not like rebranding every three years. They're just so good. And I love their products. I'll buy their products forever. Yeah, I wear the bag every day. 
I gave my husband my backup one. He yep. wears it every day now. Yep. <laughs> and I, I completely agree. It's like anytime I get an email or an SMS or anything from them, I instantly know it's them. So yep. it's always a good sign. Yep. Megan, what about you? All right. I think I have a top two right now. Seed is always like number one for me. They, first of all, the way they educate is just so great. I like, they do such a good job of, of educating in a way that's really exciting on stuff that's not a super exciting topic. Um, so I think they do a really great job of that. Um, also, their sustainability efforts, I think, are great. And that's a, that's a passion point of mine. So I always like to see what they're doing um, and how they're kind of leading that. And then my other top right now that I've been really looking at a lot is Wooden Spoon. Um, I think because I like the products and but they're also their branding super fun. Um, their copy is super fun, the way they've created this whole cohesive world. Um, they've just done a really great job through and through. So those are probably my top two right now. Gander did such a good job with the rebrand. It yes. is so it's good. Beautiful. It is so yeah. unique and they are such trendsetters. Wait, mm-hmm. who? Wooden Spoon? Yeah. Gander did. Their, yeah. They're, they're an agency. They did their rebrand. I think it was last year, the year before. And I remember when they launched, it was so good. It's so, so good. They did such a good job. Yeah. What's so good about it? I feel like they did a really good job at staying, like looking at Wooden Spoon's like mission and values and doing it in a way that's different than what's in their category. Because I I would say their Mm -hmm. category, you get into that kind of like crunchy granola, which I would say their identity almost, almost leans into that without going like too far down that road, if that makes sense. It's like, a slight nod to it in a way that's current. Oh, it's so good. So yeah. when you Google, with, if someone's trying to find a wooden spoon, and I have no I just idea. Got it. it took me. Oh, you got it? Time. You got it? What is it? <laughs> I was like, because you know there's this band called like Wooden Shit, or I think it might just be Shits. <laughs> they spell it with a J so you can Google it. I was like trying different variations of how you would spell it's wooden spoon herbs.com and it herbs yep dead gorgeous <laughs> um it's it's i am very into this yeah it's and they're, they've done such a good job of making everything consistent like all of their emails look exactly like the website all of their social posts everything is so through and through consistent and branded and then they left no like stone unturned um so that is, I think, also why they're so high in my book, too, because they've done such a good job of just building the brand throughout every touch point. Yeah. And that typeface is so like a lot of their typeface. They're it's so distinct. Yep. Yeah. It's so memorable now. Mm-hmm. Like you look at it and you're you like, oh. and then, yeah, it's like every touch point. Then you you already know it's them. Everything is so mm-hmm. consistent and it's so branded. So this is going to be a really silly question, but I, I'm really curious. How often are these typefaces like created versus like they just find them and buy them and like custom created for the brand? I feel like it kind of depends on budget too. Like what's the client's budget? Because to create a typeface is it's, it takes a lot of work and a lot of time. And I, agencies will do it like for a specific brand. Like if they're like, I have a very specific vision in mind and nothing's even going to come close to that. Or if the client's like, I want like full custom head to toe brand typeface could definitely go along with that. So, I mean, it, it kind of, I feel like it's more common now, but um, 
you still don't see it like super, super often. Yeah, Megan, your examples are so kind of like polar opposite to me at first glance. But I think that's like the beauty of what y'all's expertise is because seed is like, it's so scientific and kind of bare bones, minimalist and education. And then looking at wooden spoon herbs, it's like words and color and illustration. And, um, but that's in, or, I mean, like, it's, it's cool. Your brand is like, you're, it's like a person, you know, you get to decide on, are they going to be like the scientific doctor? Or are they going to be like the chill herbal girl? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Matt, I feel like a lot comes from the founder too, is I think mm-hmm. that's why branding can, can be personal in that way. Because when you, you have to, you have to build something that the brand can, can carry out. So for example, if, if Wooden Spoon had created this gorgeous brand and then handed it over, or if Gander had created this gorgeous brand for Wooden Spoon and then handed it over to Wooden Spoon and they couldn't execute it or couldn't keep up with it because it felt too different from, you know, who they are or how they, how they would talk um, to their audience or how they would, you know, go about it, then it would be totally lost. So that's, I think, where it comes also down to getting to know the business and and who they are and and pulling the brand out of that because otherwise you're gonna create something that's that has like a disconnect and and the audience will feel that as well. Um so it's a it's a fun process branding in that way. Yeah also, like getting clear on what the brand wants to be known for. That's like a really big thing when you're developing a brand. It's like, all right, who, who do you want to be in five years? You know, and sometimes that changes, mm-hmm. but when you're developing a brand, especially like a really distinct visual identity, it's like do you want to be known as this, you know, master educator? Then you go this more scientific route and then everything should reflect that. Um, or you like, want to be known as like trendsetters. Like we just, we don't care. We're just going to do whatever we want and like have fun. It just, it really can depend. Yeah. And how much you, how much you need to do. So for example, I think with seed, there was education on probiotic. So it's not like it was a totally new category, but some brands will have to come out and, you know, they have to educate entirely because this is a brand new product. It's a brand new category. It's something people have never heard of. So they have to do a lot of education. So then it becomes such a core pillar of the brand. So how do you execute that in a way that's branded, I think is really interesting too, because I'd say both of those, Wooden Spoon and Seed, have to do a good bit of of explaining their product. Um, So seeing how they take such different approaches is interesting when you look at them side by side. Obviously different ca- different categories, but um, still both educating in completely different ways. Mm-hmm. And um, could you just assume by looking at these two that the consumer is really a huge, there's going to be a huge difference between the two? I mean, is that kind of like the deciding factor on even if the the founder or the marketing team is is one way if your end research shows that the consumer is someone totally different. Um, how do you like meld the two or decide on on that? Because I actually kind of see there being overlap between some overlap. There's probably I have like a Venn diagram in my head, right? You have like probably someone who's way on the outskirts of one and on the other. And then there's probably some overlap in between. Um, but that's a good question. I think I think it's a blend of both um, the founder marketing team, the the business and 
the audience because those both of those things have to come together to to create the brand um so it's definitely a blend of both well well speaking of uh one and spoon just you said they just had a a recent rebrand is that right i think it was like the last year maybe maybe early this year i don't i can't remember it was it was pretty recent though okay what like how can a brand decide when the right time is to invest in a branding agency or if it's time for a rebrand? That's a good question. There's a couple timing points that I would say to look out for, for when it's time to invest in a a rebrand in particular. And rebrand is not always the answer. So I think that's also something to touch on. But when it is time to rebrand, I think the biggest ones I would say to look at are if you're no longer reaching or connecting with your target audience, if you know you're seeing that your audience is falling off and it's no longer you know what you're putting out is no longer resonating, that's a good time to look at your branding. Um, and then if your audience has aged out, also, so for example, if you are targeting women 35 to 40, and when you started, they were you know millennials, and now millennials have aged out of that age group. That's not accurate, <laughs> but, but you know whatever whatever the case is, um, you might need to look at your branding. Is it still you know, relevant to an audience who has a totally different perspective than than the age group you were ta- talking to before. Um, and then if your visual identity is outdated, is always a good time. If you got something that was really trendy, you know, it's been a few years and now that looks just not, not so hot anymore. That's definitely a good time. Um, and then the last one I'd say is kind of my favorite because it's probably the one we see the most often. And that is, you know, you started your business off, you got your brother's girlfriend's niece to design you a logo in Canva, and it was great. And there is a time and a place for that. So I will never knock that. I'll be the first one to say that there's a time and a place for it. But now, you know, you've been around for a few years, you're trying to get into retail, you're trying to be a little bit bigger of a business, and you have to to really look at, at taking a step. Um, in, in a leveling up, I guess is, is what I'm trying to say. Um, so that you are more cohesive, more credible, you have a full brand identity as opposed to kind of just that logo you originally got. So that kind of brings a question that I always have to my mind where it's like, we don't want to get too trendy with our branding, but things that you see now and examples you see now are technically trending, right? It's It's popping up everywhere because people like it a lot and people want to purchase these products. And so how do you avoid going to quote unquote trendy, right? Like that's, it's just, it's so, it's just your opinion, man. It's so hard to like pinpoint what is quote trendy. So how do we avoid that so that we don't have to do a rebrand in a couple of years? I think there's a fine line between being current and being trendy. I would say current is like, can you compete in the current market? Like, you know, what are the global design trends? Like bright color, lots of negative space, clean type. Those are like, you know, standard markers. So, you know, you can, you can do that in any way you want. Um, but like trendy is like certain styles of font, like a 70s retro font that like everybody's launching with. Or like certain shapes, like arches were really trending for a while. Um, gradients, like we mentioned in the last episode. I'm trying to think what else. There's certain 
design assets that are used like largely across the board. And I mean, sometimes like trends you can't escape. Sometimes it's just like it's everywhere you look. Every product that is launching is trends everywhere. But I think there's a fine line between being current and being trendy. And I think that's up to the agency or designer you're working with. And if they're doing like all super trendy stuff, I would say if you're going to go in the trendy route, I, I would personally avoid that just in terms of like investment, time and money. But I think you can be current. And, you know, there's yeah, a fine thank you for objective. Thank you for explaining that there is a difference. Um, but it's funny that Karen asked that because that's exactly where my head was going. It seems like all the like brands that everyone gets excited about. Um, there's like a, a five-year cycle, maybe even less. They're all, they all kind of, they're trendy. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the other. I think that they're trendy. And it's like, if you have the budget, is that a good idea? And just know that in five years, you're going to have to phase out and hop on the next trend in order to say current. I, I mean, what do y'all think about that? I mean, if you have the money to keep doing it every five years, agencies are going to take your money. <laughs> Unfortunately, they will. Sure. But I would say you want to find an agency that, again, it's like the strategy. That's where it comes down to is like, who are you? And like Wooden Spoon Herbs, perfect example. Current, some would argue that it's trendy because of certain styles of font, but they did it in such a unique way where it's like they're able to compete in the current market. They're memorable. They're unique. And it's just, yeah, unfortunately, it's just, it comes down to the agency and you want to make sure that they'll really focus on the intention behind it. And like, who are you as a brand? What is your mission? What do you want to be known for? What are your values? And then everything's to reflect that. And, you know, so you can change certain things. Like if you want to update your color palette in three to five years, like, you know, that's easier to do. I would not be changing like your whole visual identity, your like logo, all of that. That is a lot of money and time. Every brand, if you're going to have a long life is going to update at some point. So like you, you will have to keep up, up updating things. Uh, um, it's an interesting question though, because Gen Z loves trends. So it's kind of like, who are you talking to? <laughs> what if yeah. they care? Do they yeah. want the trends all the time? Maybe they do. Um, and are you going to sell your business? Like are you going to sell in five years? Then go for it. Be trendy. You know, it kind of depends on, again, it's like what's your long-term goals? Yeah, and I guess you can yeah. always pull in trends in a less brand-heavy way, right? Like when it comes to social and jumping on random trends that happen, cap cut yeah. templates that happen, or trending audio, or trending mm -hmm. just like messaging. So you can always jump on that and still reach that younger audience that is obsessed with trends without having your whole brand identity be surrounded by it, which is fun. Um I also was thinking about, so you were saying, okay, there's a difference between a rebrand and a refresh. So can you kind of detail the difference there and when it makes sense for a brand to do a refresh? So for example, you look at like brands that have been around for 100, 100 plus years, right? So even brands like like Coca-Cola or, you know, you've see, you can see their logo iterations over time and what they've done to change and update. They haven't changed their identity, right? You know who they are. They're still using their, I think they're red as trademarked, like all of those things, but you see them make those updates to stay current so that they don't feel dated. Or sometimes they're playing on the nostalgia, which has been really popular lately, and they're pulling back old styles, which is fun to see. But 
so I think that would be something that's considered like a refresh, right? So you're just taking your existing identity, your core identity and, and updating it to feel more modern. What also I think you can do is essentially not, it's not a rebrand, right? But you might just need to innovate or come up with fresh ideas or a campaign to make you more relevant, to remind your audience that you exist and that you're still, you know, current with what's happening in the world, even though you've been around for a while. You see a lot of big brands do that, right? Where they're, they're going to, you know, create a campaign so that they're reminding the audience that they exist and that they still are important. Um, so I think there's a couple of different things and depending on what your problem is that you're trying to solve, um, then it'll direct what the right solution is. Can you think of a brand that you think needs a little bit of a refresh or a, a new perspective? Don't hold back. <laughs> what was that? Top secret. We Pop. just recently bought it. And I think I looked at it. I was like, I think they did some sort of update. Like, you know, the old school one is like that darker blue and yellow. It was very like old school, which I actually am oh, not yeah. Um, but I feel like they like updated it to stay current, but I, I think that they could really use a fresh take, it's, especially like campaign. Like there's so, I think there's just so much opportunity for it. Like anyone who watches movies at home, like there's, there's so much opportunity. At first I was like, pop secret popcorn. What is that? Like, what is this tiny brand? No, this is like <laughs> the popcorn at home popcorn. Brand. Got it. Number one. Yeah. <laughs> What would okay, you, you hear that? What would you do, Sam? You've obviously thought about this. I don't know. I was like looking at their social and I think they just do a lot of like UGC, but I'm like, they could do so they could, you know, it's a good way of like staying current. It's like they could do a whole campaign, like I'm thinking like lifestyle photography, like different kinds of people, like families at home. You know, you have like the movie night in of like a couple. You have like there's so much opportunity in terms of like campaign and photography and like how the product fits into so many people's lives because like you don't just always eat popcorn when you're watching movies sometimes it's like i don't know some people eat popcorn it's like just like a regular snack when you're like working or i don't know there's so much opportunity for that oh gosh their instagram pop secret i know know, they obviously had an agency around like oh my gosh (laughs) i was scrolling and i thought this was last year because i wasn't really scrolling for that long but it's like 257 weeks ago wow not not the not the filters (laughs) they're due they're due for uh this is like like 10 years ago come on oh well we'll be reaching out don't Mm -hmm. worry (laughs) let's do some stuff this is wild okay okay what else you got what other brand could use a refresh okay i have one that i have wanted to rebrand for like a year now and it's not like a product it's a much larger thing it's recycled i feel like i would love to be here this is like entire idea of recycling oh recycling as a whole as a concept, as a, as a practice. As a whole concept. <laughs> you know, it's all a lie that they fed us. None of it's real. Like, it's not actually, ha- like, there's so much distrust happening between recycling and the world, like, and the pop and everyone. So, like, let's, let's, let's look at this. Let's rebrand recycling. Um, that is <laughs> just as a whole concept, I would like to rebrand recycling. Because <laughs> <laughs> we rebrand recycling. <laughs> 
I agree. Once once I put my recycling in the recycling bin, I'm like, where are you going? Yeah. And how are you out of the trash? Right. Because I'm sure I did going to one place. Oh. Okay. Um. Yeah, that one feels a little less uh critical and you know (laughs) soloed in on a single entity. So yeah, who thought of this recycling thing? Yeah. Megan, how would you change? How would you rebrand recycling? You'd have to really start from, it would be a lot of research. I think we'd have to really look at like, what's actually happening? How can we make it better? How can we build trust with the audience? What do people want to see out of recycling? I think you'd have to really look, you'd have to really do a lot of consumer data on this one to, and, and also a figuring out the system as a whole. So that's, you know, might be a bigger, bigger uh, fish to fry, but there's so many issues. I think about it all the time. The whole like logistics side, someone else can handle that, right? We can like figure out the logistics. Do the other part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's messaging, right? First messaging, but I think the identity could be really awesome as well and Mm -hmm. would get interested and excited again if you were to update the the visual identity and the messaging and be like I think you'd have to really own it I think what they'd have to do is really be like well we we messed up (laughs) so here's and I think they'd have to own that and then and then go at it from that perspective because that's just the reality let's start from scratch (laughs) yeah yeah. who do we pitch this to yeah who do we reach out to (laughs) I wish I, I knew because I would probably be sending them an email. Uh, okay, we're gonna rebrand um, Pop Secret Popcorn and Recycling, and we'll get back to everybody on what that looks like soon. Okay, so how do you? How do emerging and smaller, or even larger CPG brands? How do they find the right agency to work with for a rebrand or a refresh portfolio? Well, okay. First I would say like, you can always ask for recommendations. You know, if you have like a colleague that just went through the process, you know, you can always ask around because referrals are a big thing. But I would also say once you find, or once you have like a list of a couple, like go through their portfolio and you want to not only look at like, obviously the quality of work, but also um, have they worked with brands similar to yours? Like if you're a cosmetic, you know, have have they worked with other cosmetic brands? and then another thing I would also is like you can you can sometimes find reviews for agencies and shout out to Clutch. You can literally just Google an agency name and type like reviews with it. I'm a review person, so I feel like I would find that extremely helpful, but like a lot of people don't know that. And you can even go to Clutch and search agent. There's tons of agencies on there, so you can always find reviews. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the Clutch reviews are detailed. Yes. Like from the client where, because we have our clients you know, ref- like give us referrals on Clutch. We're not involved in the process at all. So they can be as honest as they want with the Clutch representative and they put the um, ref- uh, referrals together and the testimonials together. So those are pretty honest. Yep, they're good. They nice. also have like budget okay. on there too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> budget, yeah. I think also it's trust is a big thing as well, um, which goes, I think, to looking at their creative work, but also you know, do you trust the person that you're working with to understand your vision? And do you trust them to understand your target audience and what you're trying to accomplish? And a lot of times, you know, if you like the work that they've done in the past, you're probably going to like what the work that they do for you. 
Um, but that trust factor, I think is big too. Yeah. Hey, we say that for all customers, for everything it's, you gotta, you gotta know, like trust them. And then that's where, when you finally purchase from them. So yep, love that. Okay. Well, is there anything else you would like to share about brands that are killing it brands that are not so much killing it or what to look for when you're going to make the jump and actually start to elevate your brand again? It's never too late. Just do it. <laughs> that would be a good one. Yeah. And you don't have to rebrand all the time. I think that's it. Rebrand feels very scary. Sounds expensive, but there's options to refresh or do campaigns or things like that where you can, um, you're not rebranding and it's not always the answer. So I think that's a big takeaway too. Like we have the mini brand session or mini brand workshops um, that are really small things just to elevate your brand if you're feeling like it needs, you know, a refresh. So yeah, I just want to add to that because Megan and Sam just did one of those for one of our clients who, went down the road of rebranding and decided, you know, it just wasn't the right time for them at for whatever reason at that point. It's, you know, it can be a big endeavor. Um, it was also during Q4. So we all know how that goes. Um, so they came in and took the elements that were already there and just refined it and created the most beautiful deck that allowed the rest of every single person on the marketing team, the director of marketing, everyone on this on this brand is now able to have a cohesive look that's much more elevated using the exact same color schemes, the exact same typography, just knowing how it worked together helped everyone. Do y'all have anything to add to that? I, because y'all actually did it, but it was perfect. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it, was like, it was like problem solving in such a way that it's like you already have all the pieces together, but it's like, you know, once you figure out what the problem is and you're like, well, why don't we try this? What if it's like this instead? What if it's this combination? Or what if we use this style of imagery? Or what if it's in a unique shape? You know, it's like using all the things that are there in a new way. It's a very fun problem solving, like a puzzle. It's very fun. Sometimes yeah. the pieces aren't wrong. It's just how you're putting them together. that's wrong, right? It's like. Yep. You have all the tools. Everything's already there. Maybe you're just not applying it right. Yeah, Ooh, that's exactly right. Well, we just got our, our tagline for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam and Megan aren't going to toot their own horns like crazy, but we will. And, you know, that brand that we're talking about was investing tens and dozens of thousands of dollars on a full rebrand. And then had to stop after paying a lot of that money with nothing to show. And then came to us, said, hey, we just need something in the interim. We were like, this is a good solution, this refresh. It's not going to take very long at all. But you're going to be able to get so many actionable design elements and guidelines to be able to activate all of your marketing channels. And they could not be happier. And it was just like a fraction of the investment. So yeah, like Sam said, it's never too late. So we're going to fill you in on all those details shortly. Thanks for being here, y'all. Thanks for having us. We love we love doing these podcasts. It's fun. Yeah. fun. Talk, about, talk about branding all day. <laughs> <laughs>
We do. <laughs> yeah, round three soon. Thanks for listening to the Umai Social Circle, y'all. We're here to support you in your CPG journey. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new podcast episodes. And while you're at it, please leave us a review on your listening platform of choice. Shoot us a DM at Umai Marketing on Instagram if you have any topics you want us to cover on new podcast episodes. And don't forget to access our free masterclass where we're showing you how to create a solid marketing strategy. You can access that at umaimarketing.com slash masterclass. And we'll meet you back here for the next episode.